Hello and welcome to the Eating 1871 podcast with me, Jeremy Inson. I'm talking to the people involved and bringing you all the news from Eating Trailfinders Amateur Men's Section. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, welcome back to the pod. We've got a real stalwart of the club to talk to tonight. Grinning like a Cheshire cat as we speak. But a quick recap from the weekend. The first, they ran up 80 points in an 80-19 to 19 win against Tabar. That keeps up their promotion hopes. Third, ah, two-point loss to Haringey, 27-29. On to our guest. He has been in this club for a very, very long time. Best part of 40 years, maybe. He is, of course, Mr. David Steen, player, coach, and many, many other roles in the club. Dave, uh, what is your current role at the moment? Well, at the, at the moment, Jez, uh, the current role is the head coach of the under-18s, the, uh, the Colts. And uh, for the first time ever uh, since I've been doing this, which I guess is eight years now, um, uh, we're running two teams, which is great um, um, and pretty needed as well, obviously, when, when you have sort of... 40 or 50 players coming up from an age group from the under 16s and uh, uh, and they're doing well it's uh, we're doing you know enjoying it it's uh, we just had our our gym and skills night on a tuesday and this and tonight instead of doing the skills uh, with me they did it with the men so they 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 joined in the men's session so they had a good time out there i think of course and it's been a good uh, link between the, the sort of a natural pathway from the cults and the under 18s they are into the 1871 setup, there's been a bit more of an overlap. Than yeah, the I think I think that when when I f- first came up through through the, the, the ranks, through the coaching ranks, uh, when my son Tom was here, um, we we had um, obviously the academy with John Lacey and Annie. Uh, and what was very strange about that was that a lot of the time we were loaning, we were we were having players within our own academy, but loaning them out to other clubs. Oh and uh, since uh, since uh, John went off to Henley and Annie went off to, to, to make her lemon curd for me and other people, uh, we've, we've looked at uh, looked at trying to re-establish our link with the, with the amateur men's club. And uh, last year, for example, we had a, a great turnover of players. We had, I think, 17, 17 players left the Colts to go into, off, off to university or, or to further their education. And out of those 17 players, I think uh, 16 of them played for the men last year. So that's the sort of link we want. And we still, there was one up there tonight that was uh, was playing with us last year, Leo. So that's the sort of link we're looking to establish. Obviously, those players are better. We'll obviously push on to uh, other clubs into higher rugby. But you know, the majority of them have been playing uh, for, for the men last year. And uh, we'll get a few more this year as well, hopefully. And of course, you're a double at. Sadly, he's not here tonight. Another... Long-term stalwart of the club, Mr. Steve Nethercott. Steve Nethercott, yes. Hey, how do you work it between you? One takes the backs, one takes the forwards. Well, one... There, there's a few more than that. There's, there's not just that. We've got Karen as our age group manager. Uh, Mark Lynch uh, is our is our scrum guru, so he likes to think <laughs> he is. Uh, I've got John Gilbert as well. He takes the backs with me. Uh, Bruce McGregor, who is one of the under 16s coaches. Uh, Neil Trowbridge is another under 16s coach who happened to be at university with me, or sorry, Polytechnic. Back in the the 80s, back in the dark days, um, and uh, so we sort of split it all, all all amongst us. So as I say, running two teams is a logistical nightmare at the weekend. I, I feel fair to you and Brathers sometimes, um, but so we send we try to send two at least two coaches off with a team and uh, maybe three if we're if we're lucky. 
when so do they play? Are they Saturdays? Are they Sundays? Sundays? All Sundays. So we had two games last weekend. Uh, the Bees had a, a, a league game against Regents Park, which they lost, unfortunately. They were top of the, we were top of the league. Um, and they lost, I think it was 32-19. And we took an A-team up to, up to Amersham and Chilton, which is always a strong, uh, strong place for youth rugby. And unfortunately, we came unstuck um, as well. We lost 32-19, but we did score probably the try of the season. So, Who, who scored that? Who scored that? Um, I think Josh scored that for us. I Josh. Think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll just call him Josh for now. He's uh, out there with Pele and Madonna. What sort of was it? Uh, one of those sort of in, in, team interweaving from. It was. End? It was a lovely. It was uh, an off the off, off the top line out um, straight to thirteen, out the back to twelve, hitting fifteen on a hard line, and Josh skinned his, his opposite man. So. Uh, there you go. Well done, Josh. Yeah, well done, the bats coach. That's what I say. <laughs> You're listening to the Ealing eighteen seventy one podcast. Blue green. As we mentioned, you've been at this club quite a while. Before yes. as a player. Yeah. So when did you first pitch up? It wasn't here. It was over in. Greenford, Barclays Field. Yes, it was, yeah, up on the paddy field. Uh, I think it was 1987, 87, I think I, I rocked up at Ealing. I'd had a year at Richmond, uh, didn't enjoy it very much. And uh, and I had a, a, for the life of me, I can't actually remember him now, but uh, a mate from university played at Ealing. And then another guy I knew from from home, back out towards Chinna, uh, Craig Wheeler um, had played at Ealing, and uh, so I came up uh, and joined Ealing. And then I think I was stuck in the twos for most of the time. I didn't have uh, Colin Cooper. I didn't. I didn't go down as far as the threes and fours. And Colin Cooper would never let anyone who was any good out of those teams, even if they were New Zealand international. Um, so yeah, I, I rocked up at Bartley Fields and uh, was there. And then I went abroad for a couple of years to Spain and then came back, I think, in 1994, 95. And uh, obviously the league, league rugby had started and uh, we were, I think, in London 1 and we bounced around between London 1 and uh, National League South uh, and then down and up and up and down and then we went, went down to London Northwest 4 and uh, then it was the sort of the, the, the era of... Um, more professional coaching is coming in. We had Gerald Davis at one point. Um, That's not the Gerald Davis. Not though. the Gerald Davis. This a person, but he, he was a decent coach. Uh, and then the club started. Then we came down to Vallis Way. I think in 1999, 1999 2000. 2000, wasn't it? And uh, then I suppose the story. Everyone sort of knows that sort of story. And we came up through the leagues and. Uh, the pros are where they are now and the, the amateur men sort of started on their journey a couple of years ago back in the RFU league so yeah it's, it's been a long journey and I've, yeah, it's been a nice association with the club I mean it's uh, you know it's not just where I played my rugby it's where my son played his rugby as well or his youth rugby and as you were mentioning before you met your wife through one of the players here can you tell us a little bit about that well yeah so I, I probably can't repeat everything but yeah his uh, Graham Shaw was back over in the UK last week, and he made, paid a visit down here. And he was uh, he was uh, sort of sort of um, responsible for putting not not putting us together, but uh, depositing me back on Alison's doorstep when uh, I was meant to be going off to Madrid the next day to start my new career. I don't think she was very impressed. I'm not quite sure she was very impressed with Graham Shaw, but that's another, that's another story. I, I think it's fair to say she was impressed with you because she's well, still on the scene. Isn't exactly. She, so. Well, I think so. She was when I left home tonight. <laughs> now, of course, uh, you've seen a lot of changes. Yeah, sort of yeah, professionalism, 
the, the location, I mean, compared to Barclays Field, chalk and cheese, really and truly. Um, the fun element of it, though, has, how has that changed? Has it changed at all, or is it just as much well, fun as always? I mean, unfortunately, we haven't got a Vets team anymore, but I'm sure we will all be rocking out for one more memorial game. Um, yeah, it is still fun. You, you watch what uh, Ben Ward and his guys do, and... You, you sort of realise that it is a game of rugby, but it's so far removed from the game of rugby that we were playing, even as a vet. Um, but, you know, you, you come down and you, and you watch what the, the amateurs are putting together, and that's a pretty good product as well. And you sort of suddenly realise that it's, what is it, it's level eight rugby? Yes, say seven or eight. Level, it's not, it, the standard is far above level eight rugby, and that's what's so good about it. And then again, you look back at, you know what I'm coaching with the Colts, or so we are coaching with the Colts, and and that is the fun side of it. And uh, sure, they, they they want to win, but then you look back at the the rest of the the, the minis and the youth, and that you realise that rugby still is a, a fun product, and you know it's it, it's great to, to to see to see it and see it flourishing at, at Vallis Way. And there was an article in the Telegraph. Uh, I don't know if you saw it last week. They were talking about. Uh, child abuse almost claiming that you know under 18 was rugby uh, yes. as a coach how sort of a what do you think of that idea but also how how is it how aware of it do you have to be now with sort of head injuries concussions all that type well of thing? i mean i think that the head injury issue is something that i think every coach is totally aware of now um touch wood i've not seen too many too many of those uh, too many head head injuries in the games that i've been involved in but i but it's definitely you know as soon as a child gets a knock they're off the pitch and you know i i'm looking after children that aren't my children and i want i want somebody there looking after them as if they were my children and you know i've got to look at parents in the in the in the eye and uh, and and Tell them their son's okay and going to be okay, and and I want I want the best for what you know, for those children as if they were my own. I guess sounds a bit strange, but it's uh, it's, it's loco parentis, isn't it? Basically, yeah, it's like teacher, it's like anything. Yeah, yeah. Of that, they're in your care and you've got to look after them. And, uh, so this Saturday, you're, uh, there's some amateur matches, there's the pro matches, and then you've got your matches on Sunday. So is that that's your weekend taken up? Rugby, rugby, rugby. And of course, uh, yeah. the Six Nations and the Six Nations as well. So yeah, pretty much from Friday to till Sunday, we're we're done. I know, and then repeat the week after. <laughs> so yeah, some things don't change. And of course, you, you've you've had a role sort of on the admin side, um, working. You know, how involved were you when the club made that move from Barclays Field over here? I wasn't really in, involved at at the time when we moved here. As such, I was I was still playing, and I suppose it was. Uh, and then eventually Mike Cudmore decided that it was time for me to retire from first team rugby when he gave me a list of, list of players for next season there was one player that wasn't on the list and that was me um, but I, 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 I took over from Richard Ward as, as head of senior rugby I suppose it was called or what, senior chairman and I did that for I think six or seven years and I think we'd gone through three or four promotions and I think it was when they went up to the championship for the first time that I stepped down you know, because you could see it was going full time, and I still have a day job apparently that I, I turn up for every day. So, um, but what they've achieved here is is absolutely phenomenal, and um, you know we're very lucky to obviously have the backing of Trail Finders Sports Club and and Mike and Fiona Gooley and uh, 
obviously without them a lot of this wouldn't exist but it's uh, it, you know it, it's still a fun place to be it's still you see still people still see people here that you've seen for years they you know as i said graham shored rocked up for the first time for many a year um, but it's just like he was back it was just like it was yesterday so and that's what's quite nice about uh, a community rugby club i guess and do you ever look at it and go wonder if you hadn't come down what life would have been like my, my weekends would have been a little bit, a little bit more empty I think of things to do so uh, yeah I mean I, yeah I, I do th- no I suppose it, sport is something I was involved in from growing up and uh, I, I, I couldn't think of a, a better way to spend a weekend to be honest okay, Dave that was absolutely brilliant thank you very much for chatting Pleasure. and uh, yeah good luck at the weekend thank you very much Thanks for listening. Join us next time and remember to subscribe and follow us on all the usual social channels. Read Green.